0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis-Newton, here with the Cups and Cakes Network. I'm uh, really excited about this episode. We've, uh, we've got a real treat for you. I talked to Jace Lassik and Olga Gorius from the Besnard Lakes just about a week ago. Uh, their sixth record, The Besnard Lakes, Are the Last of the Great Thunderstorm Warnings, came out January 29th, 2021, just a week before this episode. It's a it's a sprawling concept record that's built to get lost in, and it's also the band's first double LP, which uh, came together in the five years or so since their last record. This is uh, it, it's a dense uh, it's a dense, beautiful record, and uh, those qualities are best exemplified in uh, the equally sprawling title track, which uh, we actually highlight at the end of this episode here. But before that, we talk about the band wanting to maybe release the whole album as one 72-minute-long song and why that would be. Uh, We talk about their move from longtime label Jag Jaguar over to Flemish Eye and uh, about coffee, restaurants, and washrooms in the European style. As usual, there is some foul language in this episode, so if uh, you don't like that kind of thing, uh, this is your warning. And of course, you can find other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content over on the Cups and Cakes website. That's cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Here's Jason Olga from the Besnard Lakes. Uh, I'm
1: Jace Lasick.
2: I'm Olga Gorius.
1: And we're two of the five members of the Besnard Lakes.
0: Perfect. Well, uh, holy man, Uh, I guess welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. Um, I'm really glad that we are able to have you on today, so thanks for sitting down with me. Uh, Just to kind of break down the structure of what's going to happen here before we get started, there's a a rapid-fire section just kind of getting to know you that we're going to dive into right off the bat here, Mm -hmm. and then uh, follow that up with a little kind of plain Jane interview, and then uh, we'll play a track from... The upcoming record right at the end Uh, So uh, if you're all ready We'll uh, hop into the rapid fire Let's go (laughs) Perfect Uh, Do you have a favorite baked good?
2: Favorite baked good
1: Yes, Augie makes these amazing keto biscuits It's true And they don't taste like baking They taste like uh, A a salty snack (laughs) But we're uh, But they give
2: you the carbs that you can if it, it tastes carby but without actually But without
1: carbs. It's the bread without bread. Cuz we don't <laughs> We're not we're not doing bread. We're not we're trying to go low carb cuz it is really great for the waistline. <laughs> Some trick bread, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh tea or coffee? Coffee? But I mean, we're drinking tea, tea
1: right now, actually, both. Coffee, only once a day, or else if I have more than one, uh, I get crazy anxiety. And I start to sweat, and my palms start... It's horrible.
3: Yeah.
1: One coffee a day is a hardcore rule. And yeah. then uh, just uh, lovely tea throughout the day.
0: Do you normally, like, uh, ration the coffee to a specific time? Like, is it always in the morning, or...? yes.
1: Yes, I mean, since we're snobby Montreal Quebec people, uh, <laughs> when we first moved here, obviously everybody's drinking espresso, and I never actually even was a coffee person at all, until you move here and realize that everybody just goes for coffee all the time, but it's espresso and cappuccino, and so now right. I mean that goes back almost twenty years now, but we have a espresso machine in the house, and we we it's probably a double shot of espresso in the morning that we have. Yeah. And that's it. So we wake up, have our espresso, I go sit on the can for a half an hour and then Augie comes in, (laughs) yells at me to get off because it's her turn to sit on the can.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And we just recently got a bidet for it too.
1: The bidet is the best. Highly recommended. All you listeners out there. The European way. The European way. Yeah. (laughs) Espresso and bidet in the morning. We're so cultured. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Lucky us. <laughs> uh, radio or podcasts?
1: Um, again, both. I listen to, uh, well, Augie probably podcasts, but I listen to a lot of TSN uh, radio because I'm a big Habs fan. Uh, okay. So I have that on almost all the time. But uh, I do listen to a lot of of podcasts when I'm driving into town. Cause I, we live out of town in uh, about 45 minutes outside of Montreal in a, in a town called Rego. Uh, so, okay. but when I drive into town uh, during the day, I'll listen to TSN radio to find out all about my beloved Habs. But uh, in the evening, uh, I'll, on my way home, I will listen to a podcast. And lately I've been listening to the one that uh, uh, the office ladies
2: Oh yes!
1: I don't know if you know that one. It's a, It's like um, it's Pam and Angela from The Office, and they go through every single episode. Yeah. And they talk about like that behind the scenes, and I mean, I'm a huge Office fan, so but it's yes. really nerdy.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm. I'm. I, I guess I. I don't know. Like I don't. Re- I. I'm more of a. I'm. I. Can I? Can I just say I just play games on my phone? <laughs> <laughs> totally I'm so into Boggle and uh and Yahtzee; those are my two things. I mean, I that literally is my my life in the daytime. Uh, it curious. really
1: is.
0: <laughs> Out of curiosity, how long does a fascination with like one particular game last? Because every once in a while, I'll get into something like that and I'll go like really hard on it for like two weeks and then I'll just drop off completely. It's, it's
1: been like six um, months for Augie probably. I mean boggle least. boggle's been years.
2: Boggle has been years. <laughs> Once I realized it was an app, I was just like, oh my God, because all I ever want to do is play against uh the the coach that they, they that you play on the game. The computer
1: is called the, the co- coach. The
2: computer is called the coach. I call myself the poacher coacher. And uh <laughs> I I just I don't know, this might this might sound pretty, well, stupid, but I just really only want to play myself. I don't want to play with other people. I don't want to, I'm not like that, because I'm a sore loser, very sore loser. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite pit stop on tour?
1: <sighs> oh... I mean, this is gonna—the uh, first thing that came to my mind—and this is really kind of bit bougie too, but with <laughs> uh, s- the the last t- the last time we were in Italy, uh, you sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I know Let's I should I like know Italy. with the bidet and the espresso machine. <laughs> I mean, it's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm not trying to be a dick. I, I guess. there's you and it's gonna get even shittier as i describe this (laughs) okay we there's this small restaurant in the tuscan mountains (laughs) 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 that's run by these like old italian ladies and they like they cook it and serve it to you and it is and the, the they shave this you know truffle because i guess it just grows everywhere there on top of your pasta that they make on site it's just this little roadside place in the middle of the mountains and you got to yeah. drive through it. I mean, it's a bit of a detour. I don't even know how to get there. Our tour manager usually drives us there, but I mean, it's, it's the best food I think I've ever had in my life. Wow. That's a, that, that food was crazy. Wow. Don't you remember well, the
2: that? Fact, yeah, I do. But the fact that that's the first food memory in your, your memory bank.
1: I mean, is- that's a pretty fancy food. Like food memories, it was yeah, Tuscan (laughs) mountains.
2: It is pretty Um, fancy. Truffle
1: shaved truffle in Tuscany, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Yeah,
2: okay. Douche.
1: Oh my (laughs) gosh, I'm I'm a douche.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna go out on on a limb on this one because I mean, there have been some really like again, this is gonna sound really freaking bougie. But, uh, you know, there was a, you know, going for dim sum in, uh, in China, in Hong Kong in Hong and Kong. going for, uh, mm. anyway, uh, but the, what I'm really starting to kind of like crave is the, the, when we were in Poland, like the schnitzel and the pierogies oh. that we had there, oh. uh, the pierogies, <laughs>
1: the pierogies are so good. Oh.
2: Oh, oh, deadly. Anyway. Deadly. <laughs> okay, so there we go. <laughs> Perfect. Out of curiosity,
0: is is there like a good place to get like pierogies and that type of food in Montreal? I'd have to, like, I mean, yes, it's a big city. But yeah, is there is. like a very popular mm. type of yeah, food there. Yeah, actually,
1: a, a block from where we where we lived for years, uh, there is uh, like a, a Polish deli. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we used to go there quite a bit, actually, because it's pretty cheap, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they made awesome pierogies and cabbage rolls. I can't
2: remember what it's called, though. If it's the one on... uh, It's
1: the one on St. Peter. Yeah. Yeah. It was called, like, I don't know, the Polonaise Deli or something. Okay. Deli Polonaise or something. Yeah. That sounds about right. I can't remember. Anyways.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There are pierogies here.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> my mom even tries to make them she lives uh, she lives in Rigo here she does just a good job. Pretty, she does a pretty good job she learned from my uh, my aunt who's uh, who lives in Regina and she okay. makes she makes pierogies uh, and sells them on like uh, like Kijiji she'll just be like hey I got a batch and she sells like they sell like hot cakes she, apparently she's yeah. just this amazing pierogi maker and she's got it all down to a system and So it's pretty, uh, it, uh, I guess, my mom's trying to learn how to do it. The first few just ended up looking like giant flat pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: I think she's honed the skill. Yeah, they were like, like a half an inch thick. Yeah, they were like (laughs)
0: gigantic.
2: Still good though. They're still good.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm from Saskatchewan. I'm from a town called North Battleford and, uh, yeah, just a real uh, bunch of childhood memories about yeah buying pierogies out of the back of a van yeah. from somebody. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and-
1: yeah. I mean, we're both West Coasters. Like, we—I grew up in Regina, and Augie grew up in right. co- in Kelowna. So, I mean, the—I—I I mean, there's a lot, a lot of like pierogies in 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 on the prairies like a big Ukrainian culture there for sure so for sure i mean i'm i am polish i mean augie's greek so like the she she gets the there's a nut that's like a whole other culinary amazement there is yes. the, the greek food mm-hmm. so her parents ran a restaurant in uh, princeton when she was a kid so she knows all those awesome classic greek recipes and that's why we're keto now cuz we're gaining too much weight <laughs> we're old
2: it's my fault
1: and it's hard to lose weight when you're old
2: (laughs) point of no return (laughs) close close to it we're close to the point close to it (laughs) we're trying to come back from the brink here
0: uh considering we're on food already uh do you have a favorite local bite to eat
1: well since we live in rigo uh Oh, there's yeah. a there's a Chinese food place here that's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Riga's not very big. It's like eight thousand people. So there's there's okay. only a, a few restaurants here, and most of them are like fast food. So like like French fries and hamburgers and Putin. like you know right. poutine and yeah. so I mean there's a there's a, a really decent uh, Chinese food place here. We we I think our favorite dining is uh, probably Indian food. There's an amazing restaurant. In Montreal called Beau Village that we, uh, where we get all of our, I mean, because we've started to to cook Indian food here at the house just because we don't get into town as much as we used to right. because there's this little pandemic called COVID-19.
3: <laughs> so we uh, heard of it.
1: <laughs> so, uh we started. We we take inspiration from that restaurant and and try to recreate the dishes that they serve us. Uh, I mean, the Indian. We've fruits, gotten pretty good at. it. We're getting pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. He makes a deadly uh, palak paneer.
1: And Augie makes an amazing uh, uh, butter chicken.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, nice. Do you guys have you have you ever tried making your own naan bread? Yes, yes.
2: I do a keto naan bread actually. <laughs> okay funny yeah. you should ask
0: <laughs> on this keto
1: podcast <laughs> oh my god of? yeah
2: <laughs> we should make us a keto we should be like just totally like getting money from keto here <laughs> but yeah uh yeah it's uh it, the keto non-bread it's pretty good actually coconut flour and uh psyllium husk and it's really simple like there's not very many ingredients. It's just th- to find them. Like psyllium husk isn't really easy to find, but but it's good. But, it tastes good. Yeah, it, it tastes it's, it's yeah. a it's a pretty good
0: pretty good substitution for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the weirdest job you've ever had?
1: Weirdest
0: job?
1: I haven't really had any weird jobs. Um. I mean maybe maybe, maybe I guess the weirdest job I ever had was uh I was a contractor on uh and so was Augie actually more we were more like the painters but we worked on oh, yeah. this <laughs> TV show called Debbie Travis's facelift on Home and Garden TV Okay that was a pretty weird show we would we were the late shift people we'd show up after they had almost finished filming for the day and then <laughs> And the, then they'd say, Okay, this and this and this and this and this and this has to be done for tomorrow. See you in the morning. And you just work <laughs> until you're done, which would sometimes be like four in four the morning. In the morning. Yeah. And it's these ho- right. they're 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 always trying to make it look like they were filming in different parts of America, but everything was filmed in Montreal. <laughs> so right. like downtown, you know, uh Downtown Manhattan loft. It was like, you know, the loft in old Montreal. And, you know, it's like, oh, suburban home in, you know, Yonkers, you know, and it's just like some house in like DDO. TMR. TMR, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So that was a weird, that was a pretty weird job. We had that for a while until that show. I don't know. I think they just fired everybody at one point because we were all just jerks.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, that was a pretty weird one. I'd say that takes the top spot. I think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: Have have you, like, had you both done a lot of that type of work, or is that something that you just kind of, like, fell into for a while?
1: I mean, when I, I, when I, growing up in Regina, I was always kind of doing, you know, I was, like, a helper to, like, a contractor, painting building walls, like, just doing that. So so I I was somewhat handy. Uh, I mean... Augie is a pretty handy, too, actually. I mean, when we started, I had a buddy who was on the show already, and they needed people. And so they just, they, they kind of, they brought me on first, and then they needed someone else. And so they ended up bringing Augie on after, too. So we were only on that show for maybe six months. I mean, maybe we were on camera once near the end of, of something. But mm. yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little piece of trivia there,
2: yep, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we did we have done like contracting work and stuff on our own. we actually like the studio that the break glass studio where where jace uh owns the studio we've do, we built like walls and in there jace is still doing lots of building there and
1: yeah the whole studio we we built the whole studio basically
2: yeah it was just scratch. one large like yeah. just the big empty space it used to be like a clothing manufacturer place and we had to put the walls in and you know right. it was fun it was uh you know we were young we were we were ready for it and
1: yeah and now i'm old and i'm still doing it i'm exactly. still putting up walls
2: <laughs> <laughs> just breaking Breaking your body, putting up walls.
0: (laughs) Uh, If you could choose to open for anybody, uh, let's say bands that still exist or bands that don't anymore, um, who would you choose to open for? Spiritualized. Quick draw. Damn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quick on the draw, am I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh... I, I, Kate Bush
1: oh good one Wow, yeah. cool. I
2: love her yeah. I really 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 do and I don't know I think that's a good choice I think it would be a good choice actually
0: yeah. uh, if you could book any three bands again uh, that still exist or that don't um, for basically a show uh, and give yourself a ticket to that show uh, which bands would you book
1: I okay. Wow. I think I would probably choose the Beach Boys. Uh no, wait. Oh, I'm going to have to say four. The Beach Boys, Drive Like Jehu, uh Spiritualized and Fugazi.
2: Those are great choices. <laughs>
0: Some solid choices. <laughs>
1: I know I said spiritualized twice, but I'm on a real big kick these days. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap.
0: Yeah, yeah. The real question is does be- do the beach boys open for Fugazi or does Fugazi open for the Beach Boys? What a Yeah,
1: geez, there'd be a real fight there. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Okay, now I have to answer this. Hmm. The Beatles?
1: Oof.
2: Talk talk. Oh. Uh Cocteau Twins, and that was it, right? He had to have four. Oh, I said four. You yeah. only had to have three. I only had to have three.
0: <laughs> that's yes. a good, that's a good, those go. are good ones. You nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple questions left here. Is there an album that spurred your love of music? Um,
1: Probably, I mean, when my when I was a kid, my dad listened to music all the time in the car and it was again probably he listened to early like pre-disco Bee Gees. So yeah. prob- probably would be the Bee Gees. That was that I mean he had Beach Boys Endless Summer too uh which he played, oh, yeah. but uh Bee Gees was cool just because I for years probably from the time I could remember knowing what music was, uh, the Bee Gees had always been there for me and it kind of felt like my little secret because not a lot of people, everybody knew Bee Gees for like the disco era, but my dad didn't listen to the disco era stuff. He listened to like the early records like Odessa and like, right. You know, um, you know, to whom it may concern and all those, you know, older records world. And so, uh, I felt like he had also he had like best of the Bee Gees volume two, which had a lot of those all all, all those a lot of those early songs on on that eight track and he played in the car all the time. And that that record still sticks with me and is like kind of like the first moment that I realized I liked listening to music and and enjoyed. uh, I mean, just in in. I mean, yeah, like, just enjoyed it, like, and wanted to have more of it, like, wanted to put that on. Again, I would always, you know, put that one on, put that one on. It's kind of like my first love of, you know, of a band was that, was that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: You got one, Augie?
2: I mean, when I was, I think, like, when I was 11 years old was, uh, I think that was kind of the beginning of the, like, just starting to realize how. Music was just so fucking awesome. Uh, I remember it was like, <laughs> I remember it was like the year that uh, Queen the Game came out. Uh, yeah, like honestly, like just hearing another one bites the dust might have kind of been when I realized that music was really rad.
3: Hm. That's cool. I don't
2: know why. I don't know. Why. Yeah. I mean, I could choose a, a any number. Like, I be, I remember like my the first vinyl I bought was Big Country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. In terms of like pinpointing it to one, I mean, it's pretty impossible. Like there, like my dad ha- owned a restaurant. and He had a jukebox in it, and I remember like going up and choosing like choosing stuff on the jukebox when I was quite young like the thing was like you know like i was like this miniature little thing going like this and like pressing the numbers and stuff and uh like i remember like choosing fleetwood mac and carpenters and that kind of stuff but yeah i mean in terms of it being one single defining moment yeah it's kind of hard
0: very last question then for the rapid fire part of things uh Do you have any uh local bands or artists that you uh want to kind of shout out that you uh really like the work they're doing right now
1: uh
2: i mean i i love soons i always have loved soons i was actually listening to their their first record and just going like man these guys have always been so on top of their game like just amazing
1: and they're friends so it's easy to shout them out yeah yeah that's i mean they're so well they're they're such masters of their craft it's just such an uh it would just see them live and you know i i've recorded them in the past so that's always been an honor too and just seeing how they they do it and what they do and when they play live it's like they're
0: such a great band
2: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm yeah Perfect.
0: Well, that kind of wraps up the rapid fire part of things. Okay. Uh,
2: Which wasn't so rapid fire. I mean, our answers were a little bit, <laughs> a little long and drawn out. Sorry about that. We're just... Uh, oh, just
0: don't worry. I'll, I'll come back in the edit and everything's going to be one word long. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know I mean? What do you expect? Our album's 72 minutes long. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> we're long-winded. <laughs> we're long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's get into talking about uh, that 72-minute long record, uh, the Besnard Lakes are the last of the Great Thunderstorm Warnings, uh, which is coming out, uh, we're talking on Tuesday the 26th, that's coming out January 29th here, 2021. Uh, boy, what does releasing and promoting a record in COVID times even like look like? <laughs> um, oh. I
1: mean, so far, aside from the fact that we can't go out on the road... It's still pretty standard, you know, like interviews and, uh, you know, uh, preparing for videos and, uh, you know, all that stuff. But, I mean, we love touring. It's something that we've kind of set our lives up in order to do. And sure. the fact that we can't do it uh, now it's a it's a bit of a bummer. I mean, we've set up these, we're doing these three live streams performances. Uh, there's one coming up next week and then there's uh, then there's two more that are going to happen over the course of the next couple months. And I mean, we're rehearsing for them as if we've been on the road for three weeks already, you know? Like, we want to give right. somebody an actual show and so there's going to be like, you know, full lights and we'll, you know kind of treat it as if we're you know playing perform you know doing a performance in in front of people but i mean it uh, it's not it's not the same like you know Augie says it's at least there's the opportunity that people can actually finally see a live concert that maybe would never be able to get to see us if they live too far away from a major center or whatever but uh as there's no substitute to playing a live show we can't wait to get out there and and see people again i hope this thing's over i mean we've already canceled two tours already
2: mm. and then we're yeah. hoping
1: that you know we've got one set up for we're supposed to do east coast uh east coast north america west coast north america which include obviously includes canada and and uh and then we were supposed to go to europe in september and we think that right now the well, the only one that might happen is the the september one in in europe and then the the East Coast West coast ones are gonna probably get pushed to you know somewhat some something you know, near the end of the year so right. so I mean yeah it's 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 pretty wild <laughs> I mean like we signed uh, the record deal uh,
2: I guess I have to get that
1: I think you have to sign for that you or might I have, have to, s- to press pause. We we just got Oops. we just had some CDs arrive at, at our at our house here for our stock merch here. <laughs>
2: a, a grand occasion. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs>
1: Classic. Yep. Right Thank you. All right. Yeah, our CDs arrived. We had a uh I I they are actually arrived last week and we gave one to my mom and she put it on her C D player and uh, we realized that the order was wrong.
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> so we've got like fifty CDs that sitting here that I don't know what we're gonna do with. Uh, we'll probably they a few of them will probably slip out into the into the ether and and end up being little Easter eggs for people, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so now we've just received the 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 ones that have the proper order of the songs. <laughs> so, I mean that that was that was pretty fun to have to go through that, but
0: yeah, that's got to be strange too just for that record cuz stuff kind of flows in. Well, that's each the other. thing. It's
1: very we wouldn't have cared so much maybe in earlier on earlier albums, but for this record I mean, it's got to be uh it's got to be right, you know. We made the whole record to be a continuous whole, so
0: Right. Yeah. So a misprint is a, a real kind of bump in the road.
1: Eh? Yeah, it really is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: They're all there. Yep. Okay. Top, top. <laughs> now
1: we have to check to see if they're actually in the right order.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So, too, uh this release is uh, your first one for Flemish Eye as opposed to, uh, I never know how to say the name of the other label, Jag Jaguar.
1: That's it. Yeah, jag jag right, yeah. yeah,
0: I guess what to y- you was the kind of impetus behind that switch, and as a kind of second part of that, like, what does a record label even do in 2021? Like, yeah. what's, <laughs> it, like <laughs> is it tied to some aesthetic value or just business sense, or or what do you guys see the value of that being?
1: Um, I mean, part of it is like we're you know. We come from that era where, you know, labels did these things for, I mean, for us. Uh, right. We could hire our own publicist. I mean, at one point, like we parted ways with Jag Jaguar and uh, we did. And for a while there, we didn't have a label. And so at one point we had really seriously considered putting the record out on our own. Right. We did that years and years ago for our first record and we hated it it was the worst it's the worst like no offense to record labels but it's a sh- it's a shitty job man like you're <laughs> constantly having to keep track of inventory and you have to have a warehouse full of stock all the time and you got to get ready you gotta you all all you're doing all day is answering emails sending out stock making sure that the press is set up and ready to go like i'm they still do quite a bit you know like Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, the Internet can 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 propel those things um, and make and, and for some bands, it's pretty easy because, you know, they just what happens with them goes viral. And and that's that. But um, in order to get I mean, nothing that we do will ever become viral because, A, we're not young. We're not the hot new thing anymore. I mean, we're not, you know, we can, we, we we don't necessarily like social media that much. We we do what we can just because we know that people need to, that's how people get information. But we don't, yeah. we're not on Facebook as people. We're not on Instagram as people. We don't do TikTok. We're just like, we 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 don't, we don't, we're not a part of it. So we're not, we're not candidates to put our own stuff out uh and use use social media that way anyways we'd be we'd just be shitty at it so i mean we're constantly getting the lab- the labels that we have now like you know you know emailing us saying hey don't forget to promote this thing on your social media you know like we <laughs> have to be reminded cuz we'll just sit and watch hockey and get the fire going downstairs like we just don't <laughs> have any interest in you know we don't want to read our own interviews we don't want to see you know we don't want to see reviews we don't want to know what people are saying about it like once the record is gone and left our hands and released it's that's enough for us because I mean we can't we can't control it at that point anyways you know Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I mean the first to go back to your first question I mean with Jag we were with them since 2007 Right. And I feel like we had just kind of gotten to the point with them where we were sort of taking advantage of each other and, you know, kind of all the excitement had kind of, you know, the air had been let out of the tires a little bit. And um, we just mutually both kind of decided that it was time for a change. And and we were pretty devastated when it happened because, you know the owner of that label Darius was kind of like a father figure to us and he taught us we were very curious when we first started doing this and so he taught us you know what publishing was and like how to run a you know how his label runs and very transparent with like royalties and how those things get paid out and you know we were he was very he taught us everything that we needed to know about about the music business um, so in the early days, it was very crucial for us to have them and they were very patient with, you know, allowing us lots of time. And um, and so when we started making this new record, I mean, we just kind of made it with wild abandon, not even thinking that anybody would even care about it. Uh, and then once we finished it, we handed it to our managers and they started passing it around and Flemish I was interested. Um, and that. A, it kind of blew us away because uh, <laughs> we just didn't think we'd be able to have a label at all. Um, I mean, I got a little bit of an insider track there just because I went to high school with the owner, Ian Russell, in Regina. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but I mean, the the amazing thing about what happened with Flemish Eye is we are experiencing an, an excitement towards the record that we haven't experienced in years they're pushing it so hard uh, you know like a, you know they're emailing us to like do our, you know get our own promotion going and like kind of push us to to right. do these these necessary things that we have to do to get, like all, we just want people to hear it you know we, we want it to be able to be out there and we're really feeling like they're doing an amazing job like just getting the 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 record out to people so they can you know uh, so those people can actually hear it and see what we're up to, so mm-hmm. it's been fantastic, actually, you know in the long run uh we're super glad that that we did what we did.
3: yes <laughs> uh,
0: so when did uh writing and recording for this record actually kind of start in earnest, and I guess too actually how like how intertwined are those two? processes for you
1: i mean it started 2017 yeah yeah
2: yeah it was like about a year after
1: uh, a re- uh we had, came out yeah I think. um we have a we uh, we have a little shed in our backyard that we had converted into a little studio um and we just started going through. I mean, at one point we just, we weren't sure if we were actually good, even going to continue making music. Right. Um, but I mean, we realized pretty quickly that that was kind of silly because we had set up our lives making, you know, to make music together. And that's kind of one of the things that we do as like, you know, a, as a couple, as like how we bond together. And so we knew that we were always going to do that. And we also kind of realized that we were, uh, Probably always gonna make music that sounded like the Besnard Lakes, so why bother even changing the name? (laughs) They're doing something different, yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, I mean, we started going through first. The first thing we started to do was go through a bunch of old stuff that we hadn't completed that we we had kind of wanted to to get finished, and we knew was good, but we were always under the gun to kind of finish a record, so we would put those things aside because we knew that they needed time and so we had the luxury of time for this one and we would go and work on the songs and then come back and think about them and you know go back out again and so we really were able to figure out exactly what we wanted to do uh for the like the 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 basic sequence of the record even uh as we were writing songs we were sort of inserting them into the sequence and removing them and I mean, the album took like three or four different incarnations of songs before we actually settled on the the one that we have now. So but right. uh, and since, you know, we had no one pushing us to get something out, uh, we just kept kept writing and made the le- the record as long as we wanted it to make. So in a sense, it felt like making a
0: first record again Too like y- you've both obviously been doing this for a long time. Um has the process of kind of starting to work on a new batch of songs um has that kind of changed and evolved over time or has it remained kind of fairly consistent i think
1: it's remained pretty consistent
2: yeah i mean i think that the things that change are like sometimes like i was just kind of like going through like all the records in my head and thinking of like how uh like some of them were written more like when we were living, well, obviously when we were living in Montreal and there were, you know, we'd, we'd do, sometimes we'd write like the the bulk of the stuff when we would go visit Besnard Lake in, in North Saskatchewan. And uh, sometimes though, like there was, there were, I just remember too, it was like the studio was also changing at that time. They were getting, you know, different consoles in there. So there was like different, uh, different equipment that we were like different consoles we were using for the recording of the, of all the albums. And, um, like this is the, this is the first one that was written completely like, I would say like out here in Rigo. Mm-hmm. Like Totally. Yeah. yeah.
1: A lot of times we would book studio time and go into break glass and, and work. Yeah. I mean, here we just like make a, spend two hours and then come in and think about it and go back at it. And I mean, we didn't spend much time at break class at all, actually, just to re-record all the drums and stuff it was maybe three or four or five days there where normally we had a, we would book like three weeks and just do it all in one shot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of a yeah. relaxing moment to just kind of get, get this done the way that
0: we, we wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Are there, like, ways that you have learned to um, work on this type of material, especially when you're working, yeah, from, from home or writing from home, um, to kind of, like, structure your days and structure how you spend your time so that you don't go too crazy?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've kind of learned over the years when, when to stop. And take a break, um, but I mean, with the way that we did this record, uh, the other actually booking time and being in the studio is way more stressful because you've got the time booked, and then when you're done, you're you're done. So, yeah. And we didn't have a little studio in the in the in the back of our house where we could go and add stuff if we wanted to. So we were like, this is the time to do it, and we got to get done. So we would just, you know, right. go in there and just work and work and burn out. But we, you know, have no choice. So this was much more relaxing where we could just like, you know, work at our own pace. And if we felt like we were get at a dead end, we would just get up and walk away from it. And that's a nice luxury to have for
0: sure. Uh, I, I want to make sure to just we're getting close to the end here. Um, I, w- I want to talk about the idea of concept records a little bit. Um, uh I, I love that type of record. Uh, like, if I had to pick a, a favorite record of mine, it would probably be the the Smile Sessions, the Beach Boys stuff, right? Um, I think there's also a particular difficulty to creating that type of record in a kind of era of streaming, um, is Is that something that you thought about or were concerned about when you were working on this record and and like past records as well
1: I mean that's kind of why we're the last of the great thunderstorm warnings <laughs> you know it's like the right. we're the last it's we're we're kind of an antiquated we knew that i mean we know that no one's i mean well some people will will maybe listen to the record front to back. We're urging people to do that to lose themselves in an hour and just that's what we made the record for. We know that that's probably not going to happen very often. It's a Spotify, Apple Music world. Everyone's just going to grab a song and have a listen. But uh, we grew up from that, from all, a lot of the music that we love are long form. You know, we listen to albums, concept records, yeah. you know, like we corded listening to Yes, Close to the Edge and Fragile and Relayer. And, you know, whether those are, you know, concept considered concept albums or not, they're they there we always listen to the albums front to back where we were never really a, a neither of us were we, you know when we, we still do this we put a record on mm-hmm. we don't right we don't have spotify or apple music either we just you know i've always been I, I you know dark side of the moon yes smile sessions pet sounds you could even say that is is somewhat of a concept record for uh, sure yeah but i mean smile for sure um but like the, the the albums that take you on a journey, I mean, because back in the days, I did a lot of acid and that was a, a major thing for me was that I wanted the, the album that I was to put on to be continuous so I didn't have to get up for an hour 45 minutes and it would take yeah. me on a journey. And that always sat with me and resonated with me and it hasn't changed. So I, 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 we know it's, you know, we wanted to actually release this album as one song and just put it on... Spotify, Apple Music has like an hour long thing. I mean, the labels yeah. obviously thought that was the worst idea ever and didn't let us do it. <laughs> and, uh, and, but that's fine. So, but ninety nine
2: cents, uh, ninety nine cents for, cents an, hour for <laughs> an hour of music. I mean, because we just want it so badly
1: for people to just lose oh themselves, especially in this t- in this time now, where there's like people are losing their minds. They can't go outside, but they're stuck inside. So maybe maybe there will be a bigger chance for someone to like. They've got a little bit more time on their hands to, 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 to sit down and relax, and things have yeah. maybe become a little bit slower, and people are starting to realize that they don't need to be go-go-go all the time. And, um, and that's so that I mean, that's what we're making the record for is so people can actually, you know, lose themselves for an hour and a half, you know. <laughs> uh,
0: just uh, out of curiosity too, do both of you, yeah, have like kind of favorite records in that kind of idiom? Uh, Concepti in, in quote marks. Yeah,
1: I mean, typically, I mean, I just, I love Dark Side of the Moon. Like, that's a fucking amazing record. It's very typical, but, um, I mean, also, I've, I've mentioned them twice already, but like the first spiritualized record is like in, in, in chunks of, the original one actually is in chunks of, of, of four, um, um, Colors, they call it, but it's like chunks of three songs. Um, I mean that that record's amazing. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh,
2: <sighs> you know, I have to say, like to me, everything that I listened to, like in the '90s, all seemed like a con. They all seemed like concept albums to me, like Swerve Driver and my bloody valentine even though they they weren't saying that they were they just slapped a label on it shoegaze like i always like that uh i just like like mezcal head to me i i think that's a concept album like yeah
1: i mean this i i think think as long as the sound is consistent you know yeah that's what i
2: mean it's like it's a concept in sound it's Mm -hmm. just this i i don't know like this sonic quality to it that makes it a concept Mm mm-hmm
0: yeah, I think there's probably a a whole other one hour long talk we could have about um, like hot, hot take. Yeah. All most records are concept records. If somebody has taken the time to track list them and think about, you know, how they want somebody to listen to them. Um, like for sure. I, I, uh, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, Whew, whole kettle of fish for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'd say we're, we're pretty much at, at the end of things here. Uh, have you given, uh, or have you thought, I guess, about uh, what track you'd like to go out on here?
1: Well, maybe you should play Last of the Great Thunderstorm Warnings.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And then keep yeah.
2: it going on the endless group for infinity.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's anything uh, that you'd want to say about this track in particular. It's, uh, it got a very, very, uh, I'm going to say classic last track on the album feel. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of the quid, the quintessential old school Besnard sounding track yeah. that we have. And uh, I mean, we, we're very proud of it.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Uh Perfect. Well, we're gonna listen then to the last of the great thunderstorm warnings from uh, the Besnard Lakes or the Last of the Great Thunderstorm Warnings. I messed up the order, maybe. No, oh, I got, got, it. got it. You I got, got it. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> uh perfect. Well again, thank you both so much for uh for sitting down to chat. Thank you, thank you. for having us.
3: Yeah. when i got nothing on my mind
0: inside the artist studio is produced by sean davis newton for the cups and cakes network the featured track the last of the great thunderstorm warnings was played with permission from the besnard lakes thanks to laundry week for the use of their song nothing on my mind from the grimpy ep as our intro and outro music inside the artist studio is one of the many ways the cups and cakes network highlights canadian music visit our website cupsincakespod.com to browse our audio video and written content That's CUPS, the letter N, CakesPod.com. Thanks for listening.